Hello, this is Peter Woolfolk, producer and host of the Public Relations Review podcast. When I conceived this program, my idea was to provide public relations practitioners with a wide variety of solid, useful information and guidance from public relations professionals across America. And we are doing that. I will continue to cover important topics such as crisis communications and artificial intelligence and other such important topics. But I will also address other issues such as diversity in public relations, marketing to women, public relations trends, various data concerns, and much more. From time to time, I will also invite vendors of public relations products on to help you better understand how these products can improve your efficiency and your effectiveness. You will learn a lot from our podcast, so thank you for listening, and please inform your colleagues about the Public Relations Review podcast and continue listening. Thank you so very much. Welcome. This is the Public Relations Review podcast, a program to discuss the many facets of public relations with seasoned professionals educators, authors, and others. Now, here is your host, Peter Woolfolk. Hello, and welcome again to Public Relations Review. One of the popular trends in public relations for producing positive exposure is your ability to tell good stories or storytelling. However, my guest today says, hold it, not so fast. There is a better way, and he calls it story crafting. And there's more. After we discuss story crafting, he will introduce us to Public Relations Meets Management Consulting, which he says produces better outcomes. Now, having developed deep expertise in media relations, corporate communications, and executive positioning, Michael Schmarek spearheads national media outreach efforts for clients around the country. He is with Sidney Maxwell Public Relations in Chicago, and he currently serves as adjunct lecturer at both the University of Chicago, and Northwestern University. Schmarek earned an MBA from Wayne State University in Detroit and received his BSBA in marketing from The Ohio State University. From the great city, welcome, Michael, to the program. Hello there, and thank you for making people of Columbus feel welcome with The Ohio State (laughs) University. I'm happy to be here with you today. Well, great. Looks like you're about to stir up a hornet's nest uh, having produced uh, or issuing last rights to storytelling. So why don't you give us your perception of how you see storytelling and how you believe story crafting surpasses that? Well, I certainly don't want to say that I'm trying to create a hornet's nest, but what I am saying is I think we need to do a better job as PR counselors thinking about what stories really are. If you think about what we're tasked to do as PR counselors, we're asked to try to create the narrative around what our clients want us to talk about, speak about, think about. What I always look at when I look at the world of storytelling is I think of storytelling more as an execution and as a tactic. And the reality in this day and age that at least I'm finding with my clients is they're coming to me and my team saying, look, it's not enough just to tell a story. We need a little bit more strategy, a little bit more insight, a little bit more research to say, where should our stories be? Um, what stories should we be telling? How should we be telling them? Are we the right characters or the best characters? 
And so this is a different way of thinking to say, hey, it stops it's time to stop thinking about things from a pure play tactical execution level, what storytelling is, and to become a lot more focused on the execution of a client's intelligence on the strategies and the insights that a client is really looking for. And that's where I think story crafting is much more important than this notion of storytelling that we've been using for the last five to 10 years. Well, with that position, how are you, beginning to get people to buy into story crafting? The, the first thing I ask clients is almost a gut check to say, what kind of story do you want to tell? Or what sometimes can be a very unpopular decision is like, do you want to tell the story at all? And so I like a lot of, in my world, I love pop culture and I love uh, TV and radio and film. So I like studying filmmakers or method actors, and those are the kind of folks who immerse themselves in their roles and their ideas to shape the stories they tell. And in many cases, when you listen to the stories that these actors, actresses, and directors share, they're often talking about they getting immersed in their roles and the insights that they learn, the backstories that go even before they tell the story. And I think that's where we as counselors have to really start thinking about our craft. It's not enough just to tell the story anymore, but you need to go out and challenge your clients to say, is this the right and best story to tell? Is there a different story you want to tell? Is it okay being the co-star of a story? These are all questions that go deeper into the heart of what a client may or may not be thinking. And I think our job as counselors is that we need to challenge our clients just as much as they need to challenge us. How do you, because when you're asking someone to change from what they've been doing to what you believe they should be doing, how do you, what evidence do you give them that your outcome is going to be better than what they've been getting? The outcome that I always come back to is that I always start with the end in mind and work backwards. Because to me, I look at, it's the fundamental ideals of what strategy is. Now, I bet if I asked all of your listeners to give me a definition of what strategy is, I'm going to get thousands upon thousands of answers. I like looking at it this way. Strategy is a choice. And when you really get down to it, strategy solves problems. So I want to know, are the stories that we're telling are they not just making us feel good by generating that box called awareness that seems to be on everybody's plate, but are they really solving a problem? If stories don't do that, if the narratives you're talking with media or on social or in operations or in sales or anywhere where a client communicates, if they're not addressing that problem, it means that you need to go back to square one and think about who are the characters? Do I have the right resources? Do I have the right supporting characters? Do I have the right supporting tools? This is way that public relations becomes much more strategic than just saying, okay, we have a project, we have a program, let's execute it, go. You get your stories in the media, and it becomes a very formulaic vanilla exercise. Because when it comes down to 12 months from now, when you're meeting your clients to say, what did you achieve? Well, we have a lot of great stories. We got this number of stories. We got this number of impressions. A client's going to tell you, so what? How did you generate business? How did you help recruiting? How did you help our financial cash flow? These are all questions that are much more operations driven 
that story crafting allows you to get into because now you're getting deeper into the client's operation. And that to me is where the fundamental difference lies is that when you can get deep into a client's operations and look at this, the CEO and say, what's keeping him or her up at night? And now you're showing ways that your campaign is solving problems. You win. You've got a seat at the boardroom. You've got a seat with all the other C-level executives and say, hey, what other problems can we solve? And now you're getting richer and deeper content that you can then merchandise moving forward. It's not just a tactical execution anymore. It's much more about strategy. strategy. And it's the way of the world these days. If your uh, listeners follow the world of uh, media and advertising, they probably saw that Accenture just made a purchase of a very well-known ad agency called Droga5. And that's pure play example about how marketing strategy, creative strategy, and operations strategy are coming together. Consultants realize how marketing and operations come together. Ad agencies, PR agencies, digital agencies, social agencies are much more focused on the social and execution. But what really generates revenue and margin and thinking is that operations and that insight. And that's what clients crave. So why can't PR get into that game and help do it? Well, one of the things that you said in the beginning that, that really resonated with me is let's start at the end. What do you want? What do you see as your end result in this, in this project? And then we work back and to decide here's what we're going to do to get there. So um, so here's what I would, I would love to tell your listeners one thing that I always ask every client I have. And I say at the beginning of the campaign, I want to know when we're having a conversation 12 months from now, where do you want to be? In mm-hmm. your business, in your operations, in your marketing, in your cash flow, whatever comes to mind. It's amazing to all of a sudden have your clients think about things about where they want to be. This, because honestly, these are the things that are their problems. And so what can we do by working backwards to address those problems? Th- that to me is one of those fundamental things that PR has often lost, and it's time for us to get our way back. So part of what I'm hearing here is that you really need to have interaction with far more people in the organization than perhaps just the people in the C-suite to get to where you want to be down the road. You're exactly right. One of the things that I often do with my clients is I actually go to work for them. And I actually, I want, like if it's a client that produces something, I want to get in on the factory. If it's a client that's more of a consultative client, I want to get to know their ins and outs. I want to know how they tick. I want to know how they think. I want to hear the things that their employees are saying are active and passive objections. Because ultimately, if I'm pitching those stories down the road, I'm going to hear those same active and passive objections. And in turn, it makes me a much smarter individual mm-hmm. um, when, I'm, when I'm out in front of the client. Whereas if I'm on the phone with the Wall Street Journal and they ask me a question, I say, like, you know what, I have to come back to you with that. And that's, that's loss of precious time and resources. So really immersing yourself in what a client does. So you're not just working for a client, but you're working with a client. That is, to me, one of the big differences about how we can help become better story crafters than just storytellers. You know, as as I listen to you uh, describe story crafting, it reminds me of uh, the TV show Undercover Boss. (laughs) <laughs> Where, and, and here's why, because the, the people who sit in the C-suite, as it normally happens, they listen to reports from their vice presidents or, 
or folks like that. So they assume based on that report, you know, that they've got they understand what's going on. But when they shift into a different mode, go undercover, actually into the field, you know, getting their hands dirty and listening to workers, they discover that a lot of things that they thought were taking place absolutely are not. So now they have a better understanding of why sales are down or why clients aren't happy, those kinds of things, which means now that you're down in the weeds, you understand better so you can make the changes to, to address those, those, uh, those issues. That's a great analogy, and I tell that moving forward, but it's a wonderful way of talking about it because when you can, as a counselor, go into the weeds or the person who's closest to the ground to the customer and listen to the things that are feeding that are fueling them, that are upsetting them. All of a sudden, your story of what you think the client is saying is like, this is our story. Now you've got depth. Now you've got background. You've got insight. And you become much more a part of the story as a character as opposed to the outside person that's just telling the story. You become stronger because now you're, you're on the inside looking out as opposed to the outside looking in. Well, the, the other part of it is now you can really address what, what's really happening as compared to what you think might be happening. Yeah, you're gaining perspective in ways that you're maybe your CEO or your CMO or the chief communications officer may not have shared with you. And when you can get deep into those things, you're not only are you immersing yourself, but it really shows to your client, hey, you know what, these guys get it. They care. They want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you come up with a way of saying what is the best way to execute the story? And it might not be just telling it in the traditional way through traditional media. It might be through those pieces, through social media. It might be a narrative by bit by bit. It might be through the voice of an employee. It might be through the voice of a client. It's not just the standard formulaic way that we know that PR has always been done. And this is why story crafting to me is so important. It's such a strategic process I would love to see integrated because it puts the brakes on the way things have always been done. And our industry has changed so much with all these bright and shiny apples like social media and analytics and creative. And trust me, I know there's a role for them, but they cannot exist without a smart strategy. And strategy to me is what rules the roost. Well, well, the other thing you just said that uh, really causes my uh, antenna to go up is when I, when I hear, well, this is the way we've always done it. That, to me, is a real cautionary flag that uh, requires some examination. Oh, totally. It's like, unfortunately, I would argue, and I've had this discussion with other colleagues in PR and other industries, that PR in many cases is far and away an industry where there's a lot of people who like to stay in their comfort zone. And, And I say that because the world of PR has changed that we now have to think about paid media and own media and shared media as opposed to what we typically know as earned media. Every agency is trying to get into that magic uh, sweet spot of the Venn diagram to say, what is that intersection that's going to help drive the messages moving forward? And so I think it, it, it calls upon us as an agency to learn what digital shops are doing, what creative shops are doing, what retail marketing shops are doing to really get into the eyes and ears and minds of our consumers and our, the people who are consuming our products and services and ideas of our clients and really learn from that and look at different ways to skin the cat. Well, you know, I think that you really have an engaging and a rather persuasive argument for storytelling, but I think also now we can transition over to 
public relations meets management consulting because I believe I've heard some of that in your earlier description as to why the two should merge. Right, and honestly, that's the idea of story crafting came upon this idea of what I saw back in, I would say, like 2013 or 2014 when KPMG, one of the old school members of the Big Five, now the Big Four, actually hired a creative director from an ad agency as one of its partners. And it woke me up to seeing that, you know what, this idea of strategy is really becoming important where creative marketing and operations come together. And so in that time, I started integrating ways to say where can PR communications, organizational communications help solve other problems just beyond the things that we're maybe tasked with in marketing. And so as my career evolved between working for other agencies and working for myself, I, I created this idea of Poetic, which is an abbreviation that's for paid, owned, and earned media translated into intelligence. That's where the IQ comes from. And it's this notion of being able to translate all these different ways that we're communicating on the outside and translate it and look at it through different lenses that maybe we can open up some doors and solve some different problems. Mm -hmm. And that's, and honestly, that's one of the ways where story crafting got baked was that looking at the clients through different lenses, you open up your, your eyes and you expose yourself to different ways to address issues that a company is facing. Well, in terms of this uh, marriage, if you will, between public relations and uh, management consulting, how how has your success changed? Uh, how have you better helped clients as a result of, of engaging them under these particular circumstances? Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to be very honest with you. It's a very tough sell because unfortunately or fortunately, no matter how you look at it, the idea of public relations solving other problems beyond just the communications and marketing channels can be a very tough sell on the inside. It really relies on me having a really good relationship with an executive team who will listen to the idea. And in many cases, the way that the program starts is doing the tried and true things that we all do so well. That uh, look, we have to sell snow to Eskimos in the middle of January to get the stories that they really want. Once you get those results, you then start asking questions about what other problems do you have in your organization mm -hmm. and that have nothing to do with communication. So I, when we got to that point, I had a client who was an insurance brokerage. The CEO sat down with me and said, hey, Michael, how do we translate this notion that you've got of helping us try to sell more premium when clients are coming back to us? when we're saying, you know, we're too expensive and they're shopping us based on price. So I did some homework and some research based on principles of shopper marketing. And I shared with the executive team, I said, look, your CEO loves to wear clothes. He loves to buy $1,500 to $1,000 suits. He looks at the tailoring. He looks at the fabric. He looks at how it feels on it, how it looks on him. He feels like a million bucks. There are some intrinsic drivers for him that make it feel like it's worth it for him to make a purchase of that size where maybe someone on his team might buy a suit that's maybe $200. So what we tried to do is take this, this idea of price versus value versus worth, and I actually created a business model for them about how they can move along this path from price to value to worth to get to a point to say, hey, you know what, guys? 
you might be shopping for XYZ insurance with other agencies, but here's why it's worth it to go with us. Now all of a sudden I've created a business model for an organization. That's not something that our PR agency normally does. Mm -hmm. Now I'm getting into their operations and I'm showing them how to how the messages behind this model can become something. And here's the cool thing about what Poetic works so well for. It becomes the organization's North Star, if you would, in terms of how they do everything in the organization. So this idea of, of price and value versus worth, it was used in recruiting. It was used in their finance. So like the CEO would go back to someone and say, before we make any decision, is it worth it for us or versus being, is it the cheaper alternative? All of a sudden now, that one idea of communication became something much more powerful. And it's like this ethos of how the organization operates. That's when you know you've hit the holy grail. And so that's where I like being able to go with my clients to say, again, it's not just a matter of getting you the great stories or getting you the great speech. Maybe there's something that we can do to help your supply chain or help you become more efficient where you don't have to hire an expensive management consultant and therefore maybe save some money and more importantly, maybe PR agencies can pocket it themselves. Well, you know, th that just brings up a quick scenario. I was in a, a workshop uh, several days ago about doing business with the federal government. And most of the people in the audience believed that the federal government bought the, the lowest bid. They give the contract to the lowest bidder. When it was introduced that not always, because value plays a very, very important part here. Does the lowest bid give us the best value for our money? And how do we determine what that value is? And perhaps to get that value, we might have to spend more money. So somewhere along yeah. the line, people have to convince, you have to convince your, your clients that this is a better value because you're going to get A, B, C, and D, whether under other circumstances you miss those. And people do appreciate value. Yeah, and here's the thing, which is such a cool example about that exercise. At the end of the day, clients, yes, they want the great results, but they want proof that they've got the results. Mm -hmm. Give it to them. What have you got? You, you become more credible by showing that proof. Well, uh, believe me, I'm on the, uh, certainly agree with you on that. People need to see results. That's part of, uh, as I said, being at the end. How are you going to measure success of this project? And if they say, I need to see A, B, C, and D, and then you can come back and show it to them, uh, even though it may have cost them extra money, they got what they wanted, so that should produce some satisfactory outcomes. So I would tell you and your listeners about, like, here's, again, what I would call, like, my three steps about how to, to make this process work. And it goes very similar to what storycrafting was about, is that, number one, you've got to start by asking different questions of your clients. So, again, when I asked the CEO of this insurance company, about the problem, and when he started talking about his insurance premium, that had nothing to do with the original things that we were charged with. Reality is that a CEO doesn't care about a SWOT analysis. Usually, CEOs, when they have stuff on their desk, they're reading stuff that captures knowledge and impacts organizational change, so why don't we look at the things that drive that? So one of the things that I do is I create a balance sheet for my clients that literally list the client's assets, their liabilities, and the sources of equity. And I show it to them in a, so like a balance sheet is a language, it's a tool that a CEO understands. Mm -hmm. 
The second thing I would tell you is it's what I was talking about earlier with story crafting is you don't want to just work with a client. You want to work for them. Uh, like when was, if you work, for example, say you work, have a client in the world of beverages or CPG, go on the drought drivers routes and listen to them with the stories that they tell, because they're the ones who have more stories and more insights than someone who's a brand manager that sits in an HQ. And then the third thing, which is where I was talking to you about this organizational model, is create some models that really amount and uh, they get your thinking like amassed. When I created this model, it's not only a, a model that's like a strategy thing, now it's become IP for the client, intellectual property, that they can then merchandise and leverage both internally and externally. So when you can go to a client and not just create thought leadership, but now you can give them something that they can trademark, there you go. You've, got, you've, you've hit in places where normal agencies won't go. Well, Michael, let me say this. Uh, this has been a very, very intriguing conversation. I think I've learned a lot. I'm certainly listeners have learned a lot. And I certainly want to thank you for taking the time to uh, join us here on uh, the Public Relations Review. It's my pleasure. Thank you for allowing the opportunity for me to speak with you. Well, and let me say uh, to my listeners as well, thank you for listening. And please join us again for the very next edition of Public Relations Review. This podcast is produced by Communication Strategies, an award-winning public relations and public affairs firm headquartered in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us.